Well, a big hello and a big warm welcome to all of you who are uh, joining us, especially those who are joining us online or listening by podcast. Great to have you with us, and we uh, are so glad you're part of the Connect uh, Church family. Can we just say a big uh, Good Friday hello to people out there who might be watching it? And uh, again, really, today we're celebrating, as I say, I think every uh, Easter with uh, the, the fact that uh, multiplied millions, millions and millions of Christ follow, followers around the world. For them, this is one of the most sacred days in the Christian cal- calendar. And uh, really, practically, as we worship today, we've got to realize that there are people from pretty much every nation on earth who will be stopping to pause and reflect and think about what the cross means and what Christ uh, has done. And I want to just tell you, they can't do it as freely as we can. And many nations, they've got to hide, they've got to do it in secret. And uh, I just want to say, we live in a great country and I I, uh, never take for granted the freedom. Come on, yeah, if we're going to clap, let's clap. We we live in an amazing country where we have uh, have the freedom and don't think it's always going to be like that. Just this week, I saw in the newspaper, one, one person said, a counselor said, God bless you in a newspaper article, and, and uh, someone has complained that he, used, he said, God bless you. They want to, yeah, it shouldn't be saying that in council things. I, I, I want to just say, hey, we, we do want God to bless us, amen, in this nation. We do want God's uh, uh, blessing. So don't take for granted the freedom that we have, because many do not have the freedom to celebrate and to sing loud like we have uh, today. And so as people think about this all around the world, what a privilege it is for us to join together as a family, as a uh, uh, people. H.C. Trimble said this. He said, the cross shows how far men will go in sin and how far God will go for man's salvation. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? You know, last week we heard the story of a a French police officer. I'm not sure, maybe Grace, you could say his name properly, but Arnaud Bertram, who gave his life to save an innocent victim of a terror attack. He took place with her. He took her place. He swapped out with her. And for that, he lost his life. He was shot and he died. He swapped places with this innocent victim. And what a tremendous act of bravery that that was. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 13, he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. In Romans 5, verse 7, it says, it is rare indeed for anyone to die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. And yet it goes on to say in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates. In other words, he reveals, he shows us, he, 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 he plots it out for us. God demonstrates his own love for us. Do you know God loves you today? God, love, You might be here today and say, no one can love me. I want to tell you God loves you. God loves you. The, the, the cross demonstrates his love for you. God demonstrates his own love for us. For you in this, that while we were still sinners, in other words, while we were still enemies of God, while we were still a shaking up fist at God saying, I don't believe in you, I don't want to follow you, while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. See, here's the thing that French police officer swapped for an innocent victim. The problem is we're not innocent. 
The problem is we're guilty, our sin and our shame. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our sin has, has got us. It, 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 like I said last week, first sin fascinates us, but then it assassinates us. It tries to take us out. We have to understand we're caught by that. It's a curse, the Bible says. But yet God demonstrates his love that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died. He didn't wait for you to get perfect. He didn't wait for you to sort yourself out. Come on, I'm preaching good. He didn't wait for you to get it all organized while you were still sinners, while you still were all messed up, while you were still didn't have it all together. And don't you pretend you've got it all together. That's why we need him. That's why we need Christ. That lady, that police officer was innocent, but we are not. We were guilty, yet he swapped places. He took our punishment. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions, your transgressions, my transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. It blows me away what Christ has done. And Luke chapter 23 verse 33, we read these words that says, uh, verse 32, it says this, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. You know, when we think about Calvary, we sung those songs. It's a, a, a beautiful, we, 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 we sing those songs like Calvary, covers it all. But Calvary, the actual word, I don't know whether you realize that, the word, if you've got the NIV version of the Bible, it, it doesn't use the word Calvary, it uses the word skull. They led him to the place of the skull, and of course that doesn't fit as nicely into the songs. Uh, 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 you, you know, you're not going to see the skull covers it all. It's not going to work, unless it's a heavy metal song. The skull covers it all. And then that's sort of where the boys like, yeah. But there's something nice about Calvary. But we, we're going to understand that Calvary was a place of death. It was the place of the skull. It was the place where people died. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered why there were two crosses beside Jesus? Have you ever wondered why not six? Why not ten? You ever thought about why, why, why was Jesus in the middle? Why, why couldn't he be on the left or on the, the right? Why was he in the middle? Why were there two, not six, not 10 crosses there at Calvary? Well, Max Licato, a great author, said this. He says, maybe the two crosses on either side symbolize one of God's greatest gifts. And I think he may be right. Maybe the two crosses on either side symbolize one of God's greatest gifts, the gift of choice, the freedom to choose. And I'll tell you why in a little bit, but first I want to tell you the story of Edwin Thomas. Edwin Thomas was a master of theater during the late 1800s. He was a small man, a little man, but he had an amazing big voice. 
By the time he was 15, he had already established himself as a, 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 a leading Shakespearean actor. In New York, he performed Shakespeare's tragedy, Hamlet, for a hundred consecutive nights. He was very famous. In London, he, he won the approval of Britain's toughest critics. And when it came to acting out tragedy on stage, Edward Thomas, Edwin Thomas was in a select group. He was like real, real famous. But unfortunately, when it came to tragedy in real life, unfortunately, the same could be said. Edwin had two brothers, John and Junus. Both were actors. They never rose to his um, stature, but in 1863, uh, they joined talents and performed the tragedy Julius Caesar together. Edwin's brother, John, took the role of Brutus, Julius Caesar's assassin, which was kind of freaky. Freaky in what way? Freaky because some two years later, the same John who played the assassin in Julius Caesar took the role of real-life assassin when he snuck into Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. and fired the bullet that killed President Abraham Lincoln. His name was John Wilkes Booth, Edwin Thomas Booth's brother. And for Edwin, he was, he was never the same after that. The shame that surrounded this crime, the shame that, uh, of what his brother had done, it was very difficult for him to get over. In fact, he, he quit the stage. He said, I can't do this anymore. And he might never have returned to the stage, but for a strange twist of fate. And that is that on a busy New York railway station on the platform, with the crowd pressing at every angle, a young boy was trying to get through. And as that young boy was trying to get through, with the crush of the crowd, he slipped and he fell off the platform onto the tracks. With, with, with a moment, and just, with, with a moment to none of it, like the train's coming, it was like, this is an emergency. Edwin Thomas reached down and grabbed him and pulled the boy back to safety. Edwin Thomas didn't recognize who the boy was that he'd rescued, but the boy who had been rescued recognized the famous Edwin Thomas. Edwin didn't hear much about it until a few weeks later when he received a letter from General Ulysses S. Grant, one of the famous American generals, and it was a letter thanking him for saving the life of a child of an American hero, Abraham Lincoln. It's ironic, isn't it, that while his other brother killed the president, the older brother saved the president's son. Isn't that like... The boy Edwin yanked to safety was Robert Todd Lincoln. So Edwin, here's what I want you to see. Edwin and John Booth had the same father, the same mother. They grew up in the the same house, they had the same passion, they had the same profession, yet one chooses life and the other chooses death. How could it happen? I don't know, yet it does. The story, though dramatic, is not unique. Think about it. Abel and Cain were both sons of Adam. Abel chose God, Cain chose murder. And God lets him. 
Abraham and Lot, both pilgrims in the land of Canaan. Abraham chose God, Lot chose Sodom, and God lets him. David and Saul, both kings of Israel. David chooses God, Saul chooses power, and God lets him. Peter and Judas both deny their Lord. Peter seeks mercy, Judas seeks death, and God lets him. On every page of Scripture, this truth is revealed. What truth? That God lets you and I make our own decisions. God lets you and I make our own choices. According to Jesus, of course, we can, we can choose in Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. Jesus says we can choose a narrow gate or a wide gate. We can choose a narrow road or a wide road. We can choose between the big crowd or the small crowd. We can choose to, in Matthew 7, verses 24, we can choose to build our house on the rock or on the sand. And in Matthew 6, verse 24, we can choose to, be, to serve God or riches. We have a choice. We can be numbered, in Matthew 25, among the sheep or the goats. And then it goes on to say, when speaking of the sheep and the goats, it says this, that they, meaning those who rejected God, the goats, will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous, the sheep, to eternal life. Matthew 25, verse 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Think about this for a moment. It's gone quiet in here. God even gives us eternal choices. But these eternal choices have eternal consequences. That's why I think we can say for sure that the two crosses on either side of Jesus can symbolize one of God's greatest gifts, the gift of choice. Think about it. There were two criminals, on e one on either side of Jesus, both condemned to the same death, surrounded by the same crowd, equally as close to Jesus, they even began with the same sarcasm, with the same nasty words. The two criminals also said cruel things, both of them, to Jesus. But one of them made a choice and changed. In Luke 23, verse 39, it says this, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other criminal rebuked him, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. One changed, one did not. But what about the one who did not? We can spend a lot of time on the one who did. But what about the one who did not? What about him, Jesus? Don't you think about 
him, I mean, he's not changing. I mean, it's getting near the end of his life. I mean, uh, wouldn't this be a good time for an older called Jesus, for the other, uh, for the other guy? He's, he's, he's kind of there. Wouldn't it be, you know, uh, sort of a, a good time to uh, persuade him or say, hey, look, you really only have a few hours left. You need to sort yourself. I mean, Jesus, shouldn't you be trying to persuade this guy? I mean, after all, Jesus, didn't you say in Luke chapter 15 and all your stories about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, didn't you, didn't you say the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep and goes after the one lost one? Shouldn't you be going after this one? Doesn't the housewife sweep the house until the lost coin is found? And of course, the answer is yes. The shepherd does. The housewife does. But the father of the prodigal son, remember, he does nothing. The sheep was lost innocently, the coin irresponsibly, but the prodigal left intentionally. The father gave him a choice and Jesus gave both criminals the same, the freedom to choose. Think about it. There's not many areas of life where we do have the freedom to choose. Really? <laughs> I mean, you didn't choose your family? And some of you are going, oh, I know. And some of you are going, wow, that's great. <laughs> you didn't choose your brothers and sisters? And you're like, I know. <laughs> you didn't choose your race? You didn't choose your gender? You didn't choose your place of birth? You and I didn't get to choose the, the size of our nose or the color of our hair? Right. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> uh, uh, imagine if God had let us order... Order our lives like we order a meal. You know, you go, mm, what should it be? What shall I, what, what, what shall I have? I'll, well, I'll take a, I think I'll take a good looking body. Voila. <laughs> that wasn't a joke, I'd say no. I'll take a great looking body. I'll take a, a, a good health. Yeah, I'll have some good health with that. I'll have a, a high IQ and yeah, I'll, I'll skip the music thing. I'll just a little bit, a uh, uh, tinge of that. And um, uh, yeah, high IQ. I, I, I want a really fast metabolism and, um, you know, I'll have that nose there. Is that a large or a medium or a small? Whatever, it, uh, you know, it is, uh, I'll take the medium. And do you want fries with that? <laughs> we, we don't get to pick so many things. There are so many things in life we, we don't get to choose. I mean, it'd be great to go out and just order life how we want it, don't we? Sometimes wish, oh, I wish God had done it this way. Oh, I wish God could have done things that way. But that's not what life it's like when it came to your life and my life, we weren't given a voice, we weren't given a vote. But when it comes to your eternity, life and death, you were. God has given you and I a choice. And the choice is ours. See, the thief on the, on the cross who cried out to Jesus, we don't know much about him, we know that he had made some bad mistakes. That's why I guess he was hanging there. He made some bad mistakes in life. He chose the wrong crowd. He had the wrong morals. He exercised the wrong behavior. Yet in all of his bad choices, 
and all of his bad choices, they were redeemed by a solitary good one. For all the wrong he had done, he was redeemed by one solitary good choice. Truth is, today you and I have made some bad choices. Sometimes we can look back over life. I know I do at times and say, if only I could have done that. If only that could have happened. And uh, you know, sometimes we think, oh man, why did I live like that? Why did I do like that? Especially as you get older. We think, oh, if only I could have changed that. And I want to tell you today, you can. If only I could have changed the impact of that on my life. You can. Because of the cross. Because of what Christ has done. It doesn't matter how many bad decisions you made. Today you can be redeemed. Today your life can turn around. Maybe yesterday you mucked up, but today is a new day. Today Christ can save you. Today he can turn. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap. You're not clapping at me. You're clapping for, for, for what he's done, what we're revealing, what we're sensing God is saying to you. One good choice for eternity offsets all the bad choices we make in life. But here's the thing. The choice is yours. It's not mine. It's not somebody else's. It's not mom's. It's not dad's. It's, not, it's yours. It's your choice. How could two brothers be born of the same mother and grow up in the same home, yet one choose life and the other death? I don't know, but they did. How could two men see the same Jesus and one choose to mock him and the other choose to pray to him? I don't know, but they did. And when one prayed, Jesus loved him enough to save him. And when one mocked, Jesus loved him enough to let him. He allowed him the choice. And he does the same for you. What will you choose? Andrew, you can come. What will you choose? Well, we know we have that saying, he is Lord, either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Do you need to get right with God today? Is there a place today where you need to cry out for mercy? Is there a place today where you need to say, remember me? Remember me, Jesus. I want to tell you, he never forgets you. The Bible says your name is carved on the palm of his hand. With the nails of that cross. He remembers you. But again, it's our choice to follow him. The Bible talks about that he knocks on the door of our heart. He'll never force his way in. But we must open our hearts and allow him, the king, to sit on the throne. Our hearts are what direct our lives. The heart, our heart is what I guess drives the direction and passions of our life. Maybe today you've realized that I sit on the throne of my heart. I decide what to do. And that's your, your choice. But maybe today, 
as I preach the word, I've got to believe that the Holy Ghost is moving in this place. And that there'll be ones here today that will go, man, I have not made him king of my life. Maybe you've said a prayer. Maybe you've, maybe you've, you've walked with him for a lot, but he, he's not Lord. See, he's not only our Savior. He's the king, not just the king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants to be the king of our life. But he won't force his way in. He will knock. And if we would open our heart, your choice, he will come in and be king. King of your life, king of your decisions. King of your emotions, king of your relationships, king of your finances, king over every area of your life. Do you need to cry out to him today? Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Remember me. You might be saying here today, I'm not worthy. I'll I'll just sort my life out. I got some things past. I I need to sort it out. And if I can get sorted out, then I can come and yet know that I'll be, I can come and, you know, be sorted out with with God. Can I just tell you one thing? There's nothing that a criminal could do by hanging on the cross. There was nothing he could add. There was nothing he got. I'm just going to work this off. I'll be real good. I'll help old ladies cross the road. I'll, you know, so they don't get run over in the streets of Jerusalem or whatever it is. I mean, I, I will do whatever. He, he could do nothing. Friend, I want to tell you, you can do nothing to earn the love of God. It's a gift. We have to receive it. That criminal could do nothing. He was, he, he, he was nailed. He could not move. All he could do was ask God for mercy. All he could do was say, God, help me. All I want to tell you, we're in the same state even today. All we have is that ability to say, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Come and be my Lord today. Or do you need to get right with God today? Maybe you've come here, you're a visitor. Maybe you've come to church for the first time, but even as I'm speaking, you know you need to get right. Maybe you've been coming to church for years, but you've never really made Him Lord of your life. You've never really made Him King of your heart. You know how to sing the songs. You know how to say the words. You know how to do church, but you, 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 you know the book, but you don't know the author, my friend today. Why not give your life to Christ? Why not surrender to Him? Why not make Him Lord of your life? Come on, I'm preaching today. With every head bowed and every eye closed right across this auditorium, not one person looking up. This is a holy moment. I want to ask you, do you need to get right with God today? Do you need to make Him king? Maybe you're living in a backslidden position. Maybe you've allowed you, your relationship with God was on fire, but for whatever reason, it's grown cold. God would say to you today, I wish that you would return to your first love. You've abandoned it. Oh, I know your deeds, but, 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 but I, I, if you're neither hot nor cold, I, it's like I spit you out of my mouth. Would you get right with Him today? every head bowed and every eye closed if that's you and you're going man that's me I I can feel him knocking on the door of my heart I need to get right with God today wherever you're sitting wherever you are whether you're in the front or the back I don't care what part of this auditorium would you be brave enough right now and you're saying I want to be included in the prayer you're going to pray pastor 
because I need to get right with God. Wherever you're sitting, would you just put your hand up and say, that's me. Would you include me in that prayer? I need to get right today. Anyone here today? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Down the back there. Anyone else? Come on, you know, stick it right up. You know you need to get right with God today. You know you, know you need to sort your relationship out with Him. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can slip those hands down. Now, is there anyone else here today you knew? Even as I was speaking, you know, I should have put my hand up, but I'm just, oh, man, I don't want to do it. Because Again, you're not, you can sense God knocking. I just want to ask anyone else. You didn't put your hand up, but you knew you should have. Anybody else? I just want to give you a few moments. You know you should have put your hand up. Can you put it up right nice and high and say, include me in that prayer, Pastor? Anyone else? I don't want to make sure no one leaves. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hallelujah. I put those hands down. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, come to you today. A sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from them. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. This I ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.